Hey friend, if you are tired of feeling tossed around by the busyness and heaviness of life, if you've had enough of that sneaking suspicion that you just aren't good enough, good enough for your kids, your husband, your friends, your dreams, or your to-do list, if you want to be done with feeling rushed around from one half to to the next, then I want to invite you in to Unshaken Rain. Because frantic, frazzled, and pushed around by life's worries and trials and fears, that's not who you are, sister, and you don't have to put up with it anymore. You are a daughter of God. That means you are royalty. You are uniquely positioned to spread hope and peace here on earth. Listen, I know that this life is full of twists and turns and disappointments. I know that the heartache can feel absolutely crushing. I've totally been there. But that is not what we are defined by. I'm done with that place, and you can be too. So come find freedom from the heaviness. Get immersed in the truth of who you are and discover the practical tools you have available to you so that you can stand steady in the face of life's uncertainties. You are more than a conqueror, my friend. You totally rule. I'm Corey Halleck, and this is Unshaken Rain. Hello and welcome to episode two. I am your host, Corey, and I am so stinking fired up about today's episode because it is a topic that really plagued me for years, and I am passionate about helping women find breakthrough from the battle that is all in their head. That's right. Today we are talking about negative self-talk and attacking accusation that goes on up in your noggin, trying to keep you spinning around in place, spinning around in a place of less than that which you were called to. I want to call this concept out into the light so that we can hold it up against what God has said about us and see if it can stand. I want to give you today some courage and hand you some simple tools that you can implement to sever these thoughts from your brain. And then at the end, I have something free to give you that I am super excited about because it has impacted me so much and I want to share it. So let's get started. Do you remember when you were a kid and you thought that there were monsters under your bed or in your closet or whatever, and your parents would say, don't worry about it. It's all in your head. Well, there is a very real situation going on all in your head, but it isn't imaginary. It's an actual battle and it is a direct assault against your self-worth, your qualification and your efficacy. There's a big word as a daughter of God. See, I believe that we have an enemy. His name is Satan. And from the beginning of time, our enemy has been striving to undercut our authority and our calling as women by entering into little back and forth discussion fights with us. He's plotting relentlessly to get us to question who we are. Now, for the most part, I think we aren't anymore having discussions with serpents in gardens like Eve did in the Garden of Eden. At least I'm not talking with snakes. But now the little back and forths are going on up in our head. 
And through any means necessary, be that media, thoughtless comments from other people, fights with our spouse, or even just our own awareness of our failings, Satan twists and spins reality and truth so that the evidence, or what looks and sounds like the evidence, proves that we are less than worry and have to fight to get by in life. His goal is to keep us in a place of constant struggle, or as I call it, consta-struggle. And then, aside from the enemy, we have another very powerful force who we battle with, and that is our own human nature. See, our human nature is trapped in humanness, obviously, because our human nature is earthly, and to be human is to be on earth. And it is this human nature that Satan works to highlight and maximize because it is supremely unempowering. But thankfully, we also have a God-given, redeemed nature that Christ secured for us on the cross, and this new nature is divinely empowering. And I believe that these two natures of ours have a really hard time getting along. They don't fully understand each other. Like Kronk says in The Emperor's New Groove, there's a wall there. There's a language barrier, right? Because one speaks the language of earth, earthly reality and pain and hard work and impending doom and natural disasters and on and on. And the other nature speaks the language of heaven, of the power of our awesome God, of his miracles and his healings and his declarations of our worth. It is our earthly nature that is mindful that we are just but dust and that in the grand scheme of things, our earthly bodies, yes, will die and decay. But then our heavenly nature is conscious that we are eternal beings called to a spiritual destiny and powerful as souls with the spirit of God dwelling in us. And I think this is why in Romans, Paul says, Ah, I do the things that I don't want to do and the things that I want to do, I don't do for some reason. And I know it isn't really me. I know it's my flesh and yet it's there and I can't ignore it. And that's the Corey translation, by the way. It's a really confusing set of verses to read. And yet I can totally hear his frustrated back and forth with his, with himself. I've felt this way. Have you? I like why do I keep doing these things, these behaviors, these sins that I know aren't my true identity? And Paul ends the chapter, it's Romans 7, kind of still sitting in this place of tension. He says, and again, this is going to be the Corey translation. He says, ah, I'm so wretched. Who will save me from this body that keeps sinning, even when I know in my heart I don't want to sin? And I know that because of Jesus, in my mind, I serve the law of God, but my body still serves the law of sin. And then the very next chapter, chapter eight, begins, though, with so much hope. And it's really wonderful. It's, Paul declares one of my favorite verses, that is, there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. Because yes, our minds serve the law of God and our bodies serve the law of sin. And there's that place of tension. But now the law of the spirit of life through Christ Jesus has set us free from all the laws of sin and death. 
And we know that this new law is the covenant that Jesus made on the cross on our behalf. And this law is one in which we are free and redeemed, unchained, finally, from that identity of sin. So now our task is to allow the spirit of life to manually override our old operating system so that our minds can be renewed into being more and more like the mind of Christ. So what does this even look like when we are untethered from the identity of sin? And maybe sin feels like too big of a word, but how about this? What does life look like when we are untethered from the identity of not enough or disqualified or my life is small or I'm just muddling through? Because guess what? Those descriptive phrases are the perfect setup for Satan to keep you tethered to the old laws. When life is just too much and you feel overwhelmed and you snap at your kids or your husband and you don't feel like you have enough time in your day to work out so you feel blah about yourself and you cut yourself down about how the laundry is still sitting there unfolded and you don't really know how things in life are going to turn out, that's when we start to hunker down and live small. Just do the bare minimum. You got to work hard. Life is hard. We live in a fallen world. And with all those thoughts, your old identity looks safe and doable because your old identity was defined by this hard world and the cares and the worries of it. The old laws assume that we're going to sin and we're not going to be enough. But Jesus came and he completed that old law and he instilled a new one. He changed your old identity and gave you a new identity. And his law and your identity are not determined by the world. They are determined by his word. Words, words, words. We women are pretty good at words usually. We speak them and we think them almost nonstop. Words about our identity, words about our worth, words about the future, words about our worries. And let me ask you this, are the words going through your head all day, words that are determined by this world, or are they determined by the words of Jesus? One pastor that I love listening to says, I can't afford to have a thought in my head that isn't from Jesus. And I really want to emphasize this and remember it. There is not room in your head for words and thoughts and mentalities that are not those of Jesus. Paul says, we have the mind of Christ, and it's time to start living in that. Christ did not ever think he was worthless. And again, maybe worthless feels like too big of a word. Like, no, Corey, I don't think I'm worthless. So, okay, let's try some different words that worthless likes to masquerade as. Frumpy, disorganized, need to get my act together, ugly, lazy, overwhelmed, broken, messing up. When we speak or think about ourselves in terms that are powerless, inept, disqualified, discouraged, we actually bring those things to life in us. And all those words are synonyms with worthless. The Bible tells us that the power of life and death are on the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Meaning what you speak, you will eat. And what you speak to yourself you will eat of. This requires a vigilant, 
offensive stance against any thoughts or mindsets or words that are not in alignment with the law of the spirit of life. There was a season in my life where I had to meticulously clean house in my brain. I had to double down and discover what it really meant to take every thought captive because I was recognizing thoughts as destructive, but then I was entering into fights with the thoughts, which is exactly what the enemy wants, by the way. But that's not actually taking thoughts captive. And I really want to drive this home. Friend, don't spend any time arguing or attempting to reason with these manipulative lying thoughts. I used to do this. I would go around and around in my head with the accusations and the self-deprecating thoughts, trying to appease the thoughts by spinning my wheels, trying to convince myself and them that they were wrong. But to take thoughts actually captive means you don't entertain them in any way. And I envision it now like a cage fight. <laughs> a queen does not recognize an enemy in her court and then lock herself up with that thought in the dungeon. She banishes it from her presence quickly and decisively. A few months ago, our little dog cornered a rat outside. Now, our dog basically lives a life of stinking luxury, alternately sleeping in the sun in the grass outside or sleeping in his favorite snuggle spot at the foot of our daughter's bed. So he obviously had no intention of killing the rat. In fact, he probably just wanted to play with it. But I went over there in the yard to see why he was freaking out. And sure enough, there was this rat huddling in the weeds. So what did I do? Well, I didn't ask the rat where he came from or why he was here or what he wanted. I didn't try to ask the rat to please leave. I didn't chase him around the yard trying to tell him why he doesn't belong here. But I also couldn't just walk away like, well, if I don't acknowledge the rat, he'll get bored and leave. No, he won't. He will find a sassy lady rat and they will make rat babies and they will move into the walls of my house. So no questions asked. My farm girl upbringing rose up in me and I eliminated that rat quickly, decisively, and effectively. From the moment I first saw that little fuzzy evil rodent to the moment he crossed over into his eternal destiny in rat heaven was probably three minutes. The thoughts in your head that are not in alignment with who God says you are are like rats. Eliminate them. Yes, this is time consuming. But when I saw that rat nestled within inches of my kitchen door, I was not concerned about time. It suddenly became top priority in my day to remove this rat from existence. He simply had no place in my kingdom. Or if we want to bring this really close to home and liken it to the great fear of every woman, think of these thoughts like lice. You would not ignore a lice problem simply because you don't have time to deal with it. Oh my gosh, before our second baby was born, lice blew through our church and my daughter and I both had like only like one or two bugs in each of our heads. But I still got nothing done for probably a week while I incessantly combed our heads and did laundry and bagged up stuffed animals. 
And now that your skin is probably crawling and your head itches, I'll stop talking about lice. But oh my goodness, my friend, when you take authority over these non-Jesus thoughts that crawl through your brain like rats or lice or whatever you want to call them, these parasitic thoughts that feed off of and diminish your true identity and calling and authority, it's like when Jesus stood up in the boat and calmed the storm. Suddenly, your brain is calm. You can hear things again. You can be on your way and move forward. So how do we step into that? It's a subtle mindset shift and it requires some gumption, but I think you've got it in you. You've got to do what Jesus did in that storm instead of what the disciples were doing. They were being run by the fear of the storm, striving to work with it and hope to survive. And Jesus just stood up and told it to stop. So stand up, my friend. Stand up for yourself. You are a daughter of God. Do not enter into cage fights with destructive thoughts. Now, this might look different for each of us, but for me, it required some weeks, even months of willingness to moment by moment hold up my thoughts to Jesus and throw out the ones that didn't make the cut. It was as meticulous as me washing the dishes, starting to hear in my head, gosh, you're so lazy because you could have done these after breakfast and then there wouldn't be breakfast and lunch dishes to do. Your house will always be cluttery because you are lazy. And sometimes even out loud, I would just say no. And I would realign my brain and my heart with the truth and then say out loud, I am good at caring for my home. Now I should say, If you're an out loud kind of person like I am, you might want to warn those that you live with um, that you're going to be doing this activity so that they don't think you've totally lost it. My husband knew what I was working on in my head and in my heart. So if I said something like that under my breath, he was just awesome and he would reiterate it from across the room or from the next room like, yeah, you are, babe. And it just let me know that he backed me up and he knew what was going on for me. Now, I'm not done with this, though, in my life, and I'm not sure that I will be until the kingdom of heaven is fully revealed in Christ returns. But I can tell you this, as I have stood up and stepped into my authority in this way, the chatter, the storms of accusation in my head has quieted. And I think now it's more like uh, it's more like little squalls instead of raging hurricanes of thought right? And the thoughts are also much quicker to evacuate the premises when I turn my face to them and give them, you know, the mom face. I'm like, I don't think so, son. And they are much quicker to pack it up. (laughs) So stand up, get meticulous, tell those non-Jesus thoughts where they can stick it, and then use your words, give life to the truth of who you are. You are worth too much and capable of too much to spend any more time swirling around in the toilet bowl of self-doubt fed by self-deprecating thought. So don't put up with it. So that's going to be it for now. I really wanted today to just bring awareness to this fight, to recognize that it's real, to call out the enemy and, and bring light to the fact that he is 
out to attack you and undermine your worth. And I want to pour into you the gumption to take action against these little liars, these lying thoughts that just feed in all the time. But if you want to explore this further in your life and really put the pedal to the metal in driving these thoughts out, I also created a downloadable exercise to help you start building your brain muscles. This is really just something for you to do in your own time with Jesus, processing through and weighing out the things that get shouted at you in your head versus what your father says about you. It's called Silence the Haters, and it is your launch guide to shushing what I call the thought bullies in your head. Um, And I've also included one phrase that I started using that you can use now to take back ground in your thoughts. It's totally free. I just want you to have it. I just wanted to share some of the steps that I went through that brought me so much breakthrough. So just click on the link in the show notes here, or you can head to coreyhallock.com slash silence the haters and follow the instructions there to type in your email and a PDF will pop right into your inbox. You can download it, print it out, hang it on your wall, your bathroom mirror. You can use it just once, or you could repeat the exercise daily or more if you're really in the thick of an accusation battle. Whatever you decide to do with it, I really hope you check it out because I truly believe that you're worth it. And I hope you share your experience. Come on over if you want to my Facebook group. I have a private support community there called the Unshaken Society. And Um, You can request to join that group and then leave a comment about how you are stomping the thought bullies in your life. I really want that Unshaken Society Facebook group to be a place where we build each other up and just share how we're each doing this on our own um, so that we know we're all standing together as well. So I cannot wait to see and hear about the changes that you have experienced and are experiencing in your heart as you silence the haters in your head. It will really free you up to live bigger and bolder in a place that isn't storm driven. You are an amazing daughter of God, my friend. You totally rule. I'll talk to you later. All right, friends, that's it for now, but I would love to interact with you and get to know you more. So come find me on Facebook or Insta. Let's hang out. If you loved this episode, give it a like or a share or both. And be sure to leave a review on iTunes so that others can find us and be part of the fun. Thanks again for listening. I'll be back soon with more Unshaken Rain. Stay